Well, what's up, folks? It is Sunday game time. Yes, we are just about underway as the Steelers are in Philly. And later on, I'll be talking about it with the gang over at Steel City Renegades. But nevertheless, Eagles are finally back in action after it seems like forever since the last time they had played. But the only thing that we hope for, obviously, is that the Eagles come to play. We know that the Phillies end up losing last night. We'll get into a lot of Phillies talk because it might come with a little bit of controversy as we saw, maybe related to a bat, could be related to a hand, changing of the gloves, changing of the spikes. Who knows? Major League Baseball sometimes tend to have their ways like the NFL. In one hand, you don't see something. But in this hand, I'm not going to show you exactly what's going on. So Phillies end up losing 5-1 uh, to one last night. Obviously not a good turnout for Zach Wheeler. Just seems like the Phillies, for whatever reason, as they play now in the NLDS, NLCS, and now two games into the World Series, it's a slow start in the early going, but I ended up picking up yesterday. Well, I'm not going to use any excuses because they just weren't connecting. If you look at it, no matter what kind of controversy people end up spilling out, but nevertheless, Phillies could not connect neither way. More importantly, we just hope the Eagles will be able to take another, as Nick Tierney says, another 1-0 week. Yes, they are undefeated, the only undefeated team left in the NFL. And even though the Steelers are not doing so well, you can never count out the teams that are either under 500 or right at 500 because you just don't know that they can play spoilers, especially knowing in the direction you're going. The NFC East, of course, is building up, minus the DCU team, also known as the Washington Commanders. Uh, they're not as hot, and they're trying to figure out what they're going to do with Carson Wentz. If it's up to Rivera, he wants to keep him there. I think the fans say otherwise, just like Matt Ryan was escorted out of the building in Indianapolis now as a backup quarterback. So lots to get into. Also making his appearance today with us, if I switch this over here, will be Matt Clark, also known as Boulder Clark. He is with Audilius, if I'm saying it correct, or Audilius.com, Wild95, the country music station, and he will give you all the info, where to find him, what times he come on, and now we have the countryside of the house here with Matt. So he'll be making his debut today with us, and as I usually say, hey guys, don't forget, when you go over to our BroadTreeSouth.com page, it'll take you over to our YouTube page, and please, like and subscribe. Visit our sponsors you guys see there on the screen. Philly Sports Trips, Tampa Joe's, and LGDirect.net. That way we can bring you even better content, more content, and more places around the world to come see us as we've added yet another country inside Africa to come tune in with us as we do normally on a weekly basis. So we thank everyone for supporting, liking, subscribing to the show, coming back and checking us out every single week. And yes, tomorrow we will have coaching sessions on at 7 o'clock for those who like that show as well. It's an hour beforehand because the Phillies take game three in Philadelphia. And it's going to be really interesting to see the Halloween costumes tomorrow out there at Citizen Bank Park. So with all that being said, oh, and by the way, normally our youngest member of the team here is on video with us. But because he's having video situations today, he will be on the phone with us. And his introduction, after that Eagles introduction, you might want to throw a tomato at your screen, but you'll know why right after this because, oh boy, probably the worst introduction that we'll ever do on this show. But nevertheless, it is episode 166. I'm Angel, and welcome to Broad Street South. Now, as I said, normally it's Fuji, but Fuji is celebrating his wife's birthday today. So happy birthday to Kristen Firmando, the Godfather's wife. I don't know. What would you call her? I guess it would be the Godfather, uh, what, S? I don't know. That doesn't make any sense. But anyways, it is her birthday. Happy birthday, Kristen. We hope that you enjoy your birthday. Many more to come and that you guys go out there and celebrate and do what you do normally on her birthday. So happy birthday to Kristen. And here is the atrocity that is the Dylan introduction. Folks, don't get upset at me because this is the worst, the worst. I can't say enough. The worst hype video that anyone would ever want to come into. But here's Dylan's intro.
That's, that's enough of that travesty. Uh, Dylan, oh, dear God. On the line with us is Dylan. What in God's creation made you think that there was anything hype? That is the worst song. A kindergartner cannot came up with something better than that. That is absolutely fantastic, Angel. I will send you over the Orlando Magic uh, fight song. That is even better. I love that one. So that will be my next intro. But no. uh, Angel, it is good to be on with you. We got a full day of football starting at 9.30. The Eagles, or not the Eagles, uh, the former Eagles head coach, Dougie P, going into battle with the Denver Broncos today. What's going on with Russell Wilson? We have no idea there in Denver, but uh, – a lot of good football on today. We got Monday night football between the Browns and the Bengals. It's the, the orange battle on Halloween. And then you got the Phillies. Uh, Angel, I want, I'm interested to see what your Halloween costume is going to be like tomorrow. Is it, is it going to be Harry Callis? You going to break up the Harry Callis uh, Halloween costume? I don't know. You'll have to find out. But the one comment that came in here, I wish I knew the name to be associated with it. They're absolutely right. That intro was absolute trash. I could accept trash, garbage, uh, WM management. I would all those would be acceptable because that's exactly what that was. That was well, well, you know, I mean, Philly is known for some trash things like no, their no, no, no. A lot no. of times their mascots are garbage, but they're fantastic though. They end up becoming legendary. So that's similar in that song right there. It's trash, but it's legendary. Yeah, legendary trash, put it that way, because that's what happens when you let the asylum run wild and you get stuff like this. I don't know who in the world well, lets something like that going on. Yeah. <laughs> it was uh, Rick Marcus, my producer, just came in and let me know that it was Rick Marcus that made that. So, Rick, thank you, Rick, a great friend of the show here. But also with us today, our national correspondent back with us once again, Ryan Neff. Ryan, how are you? I'm Ryan Neff. It's great to be with you this afternoon, and I concur Dylan has all this time in the world, and you couldn't come up with anything better than that. I mean, come <laughs> on, man. Come on. Send the magic one. Oh, my God. I mean, no, I, mag- I could come up with something way better than that for you. <laughs> exactly. Anybody could at that point. And also join us here, Matt Clark, also known as Boulder Clark, on the country music radio station, Odilis.com, Wild95. So, you guys, if you don't follow him on social media, please do at Boulder underscore wild 95 so you guys can tune in to his show or the weekends and uh, i don't need to say enough hype from him because the man himself is here and uh matt first of all welcome to the show thank you thank you and it's actually autolist.com and uh i will now be hanging up for getting it wrong no i'm i'm kidding <laughs> and uh, it's a pleasure to be on the show with everybody dylan uh the magic song uh it better have penny hardaway in there maybe some shaquille o'neal that's really the yeah. only like magic team I or if there's a Jameer Nelson reference because St. Joe's Ooh. all day. Okay. Yeah. I like it. I like the Jameer Nelson, uh uh the Jameer Nelson shout out. It's one of my one of my favorite players. So I'll take that. There you go, there you go. All right. You know, for, for somebody living down down in uh Clearwater, I mean I'm hoping that you're at least a Phillies fan that you get to probably see them every February. Mm. Mm. Uh Angel might have to explain that to you uh, uh i work for the blue jays so i have uh I mean, okay I'm well joe really carter could joe carter could burn in hell so that's... <laughs> <laughs> Dylan, Dylan, you should be you should actually be fined for that introduction actually you, you should be fined for it does the blue jays just hot, uh, sign every uh major leaguer uh, past major leaguer sons to play for yeah. their team yes because it seems like yeah. there's there's three on that team, and there and there may even be more that I don't know about. Uh, uh, I think there might be one more. They can sign whoever they want to because they're just like their minor league team. Both of them are at home resting up for the next season. So, uh, and by the way, golf swing working. Actually, they're probably down in Florida right now golfing. Oh, I'm quite sure. Yeah. But uh, Matt, normally you would think so. Dylan, born and raised here in in Florida. Lifelong Phillies fan, but for some reason, he still comes on the show after, not during the Toronto season. I can understand that because he's representing his, his team there. But he's come on now twice during the NLCS and then one time here with game one of the World Series and with his <laughs> Toronto Blue Jay hat. He, he doesn't understand. He doesn't get it. <laughs> he's got to switch to Montreal Expos then. You know, but uh, yeah. I'll tell you what, though, I'll the give him credit. The, uh, the 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 Blue Jays uh, colors, the uniform, the hat, you know, it, it, I, I love the, the logo is a great logo. And it's a great 
color scheme. But I mean, maybe. I just, I, I, if they're not Philly, then I'm against them. You know, it, I mean, it's, I mean, it's Philly, Philly or, or nothing. I was going to say, the Blue Jays and Philly probably have the two most iconic logos in sports, to be honest. You see how I'm keeping my mouth shut as a Pirates fan? <laughs> I cannot talk smack. I cannot talk smack. Well, who's that one golfer? Is it Ricky Fowler whose hat that reminds you of Pittsburgh? It's got the P yeah. on it. I can't. I think so. I think you're I right. Think it's Ricky Fowler, and I can't. And I actually like the hat, but I can't wear it because then people will think I'm a Pittsburgh Pirates fan. Ooh, yeah, to be having that. Now, I think you're right. But uh, speaking of Pittsburgh Pirates and everything else, obviously the Phillies played game two last night in the World Series. Not as long. I think they condensed the game by 45 minutes last night. I think uh, it was over and done with about 11.30. night before it was about 12.45. Um, but Phillies showing life in game one, being down by five runs and then coming back six to five as I was going back and forth with Ed Kratz, which I will have here shortly, the uh, few minutes with Ed Kratz from yesterday. So you guys can watch the full interview as I put it on social media yesterday. But Phillies look, <clears throat> I mean, completely phenomenal game one. Game two, they just didn't have Zach Wheeler, you know, a, another shaky start. We've seen this throughout the season with the Phillies, but it doesn't mean that obviously you throw in the towel and you say whatever you want to because I noticed when Sean Salisbury and Big Sarge were both putting out there, and of course they follow the Houston Astros because they're both on Sports Talk 790. They were getting messages saying that, uh, well, this team, they, people should give up, throw in a towel, the whole nine yards, and, and it's, that's not the case. I mean, we, we hear about the cheating scandal when it comes to the trash cans back in 2017. That's how they won. We also heard about them stealing the signs. That's how they won. Unless you can come up with whatever excuse you want to. If your team is destined to win it all, I believe exactly what's going to happen as now you're playing games three, four, and five back at Citizens Bank Park. And we've also seen how the Phillies have been able to take care of now two squads in games three, four, and five back at Citizens Bank Park. So knowing the Phillies, they will come out. They'll have their talk, which I'm pretty sure they did on their plane ride from Houston last night back in the Philly. But more importantly, I'm quite sure they'll end up taking care of business here in game three. So we'll just, you know, let go of game two. It is what it is. But before I bring on the interview with Ed, I want to bring up the whole situation with Maldonado and his bat, as it was questioned <laughs> by in the post-game uh, conference. And also, this footage is brought to you by Big Sarge, my brother from another mother who's out there in Houston. BigSargeSports.com, that right now it's under rebuild. So once that website gets back up and running, I'll share it back with you guys. Big Sarge, a great friend of mine. Also, you can find him on Sports Talk 790, Monday through Friday, in the trenches with any clue. But I have two clips from Big Sarge here. The first one here being Maldonado and the whole entire bat controversy. You know, um, was and I were really good friends. A relationship from before I play uh, with him in Anaheim. Um, I asked him to come back. He was in yesterday. Um, you know, the league calls today. All they say, I had the service time to be able to use that bat is because I think it's a rule. Um, 2010, you got to have service time, come on 11. So I don't think it is a big deal. Uh, I think it's a rule. I got to follow the rule. That's why I didn't use it today. Is it kind of weird the way this has kind of all developed? Martin, given that he had been using it for a long time, that way he took the field. Who? Albert had been using it for a long time. That's his bat. He's got 22 years in the building. He can use it for whatever he wants. I I can use it. So that was, that was, I didn't use it today. Did you say you got it yesterday and used it yesterday? Or had you been using it for a while? No, I got it yesterday. I used it. Like I said before, I used the same model, but it used a little modify just because my service time um, it is a rule you gotta follow the rule that's why they use it but how do they, they know you have the best uh, actually I had it right here when Buster only came in and saw them um, so he asked me if he was in post bag I said yeah you got it well, I said it was weird it's just because you got the bat. He had been using it for a long time. And was it kind of strange that when they told you you couldn't use it? It was a brand new bat. Nothing is strange. 
It's a really long, it's a really long time. So yes, game one of the World Series was the only time you had used that now the audio comes in a little bit low and you'll be able to hear it back on the replay a little bit better but uh pretty much the question was asked was what was the issue with the bat and obviously it was supposed to be that the service tag that was on the bat made it not deemable to be used in a game also the bat was back from 2010 you're talking about fast forwarding 12 years later and for some odd reason albert pujols decided to send it to him and it was not supposed to be in play but he said when buster Olney came up and he questioned him about it but apparently i guess they allowed him to play with it until after it was over and then that's when the controversy had started on why would you use a non-serviceable bat and something that was not approved by the league in a game. Now, as I said to my producer earlier, as we were talking about it, that for me, one thing is, it wasn't like it was the game-winning home run. It wasn't like it was something that, that, that made a super impact in the game other than a bat that should not have been used. Again, according to Major League Baseball because of a service tag. and Didn't what he drive an RBI, Angel? What's that? Didn't he drive an RBI in? He did drive in an RBI. So it, you know, just it, seems, it just seems like every time they're in the postseason, it just something always seems to follow that team yeah. where they're they're always trying to find a competitive edge by doing something that they know they're not supposed to. I mean, the bat yeah. was what gifted to him. Why would you use a gifted bat? Right. You know, I was going to say, why, why I, is I, that bat illegal? Like what, what is with it? Is it a weight? Is it a design? You know, what would give it a competitive edge, though, I'm, out of curiosity? It's too long is okay. basically what I've been reading. So, and I actually I pulled this up. Um, the type of bat was banned by Major League Baseball back in 2010, but Pujols was still allowed to use it. That's because the bat was officially grandfathered in to any player who played prior to the 2010 ban. Hence why Pujols is still using the bat after 2010. So, if you're playing before 2010, the bat's grandfathered in. So, those players get to use the bat. And, obviously, Maldonado is a player that's after 2010, and that was, was the big stink. And, I, you know what, I get tired of stuff like this because, you know, if, if they wanted to bust any organization or a team for cheating in any sort of aspect, they probably could. So, right. um you know, just like I thought, you know, when they check the pitchers every every couple of innings for substances and whatnot. Well, if you looked at the Astro pitcher, he kept grabbing his his dreads. You know, right. So I mean, I, look, since the dawn of sports, people have tried to get a competitive advantage, and you know, like Ladanian Tomlinson said, but when he found out about the Patriots, he's like, "You ain't trying if you ain't cheating." So yeah. you know, and a lot of guys, let's face it, it's not cheating until you get caught. That's just the way a yep. lot of athletes think. Wait, wait. Well, that sounded, hmm, boy. I wish I had a crystal ball and some music I'd play in the background because it sounds a lot like the New England Patriots. Man. <laughs> but no, they never cheated. None of deflate gate, none of that stuff. New England never cheated because why? It was never proven according right. to what everything has been put out there. And I mean, they did suspend Brady. I mean, they, I mean, they did at least reprimand him for it. So, I mean, yeah, they I, mean did. I know they really never found anything conclusive, but I mean, they did suspend the guy. So, and they did take away first round draft picks from them. So it's going to be, it's going to be, it's going to be a stigma attached to Houston for a while. Wow. Yeah. And I think that's yeah. why they hired Dusty Bakers to try and he's the man for the job to try and get them past that. But there's there's just always going to be that that stigma that's attached to the organization now. So, and and it, and to be honest, Ryan, with that, you you meant you know, and you mentioned the stigma, and it's always going to be like that. I think even after years pass, when this is going to be you know, twenty years go by, it's still going to be talked about as a big scandal. I mean, it's up there with the Black Sox scandal back in like the early 1900s in terms of how big it was and, you know, the monumentalness of it in the sport of baseball. But one thing that's disappointing about it is, you know, at the end of the day, Altuve and Bregman and guys who were a part of this, Correa, other people, you know, you know, and, and obviously what they did, you know, wasn't right and, and such. But 
at the end of the day, even before the whole scandal, they were great players. Like these were guys who, you know, were going to be, but you know, Altuve possibly could have been a future Hall of Fame. It's the same now thing as Jose Canseco. He was a great player yeah. to all the steroids. I mean, is this the new steroid? He's right. finding different ways to cheat in baseball. Is this the new competitive edge? Is the wires under the shirts, the trash bang, that the bats, yep. the you know, changing your glove and cleats and keep touching your hand? Like, is this the new cheating? You know that that's going on in baseball. You know, and is it is it obviously? I mean, it's it can't just be one team. I'm sure if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. So every team is doing yeah, it. Yeah. This just seems to be the team that just keeps getting caught. Just like the Patriots were, they kept getting accusations, you know. Maybe because it's just so they're so dominant, and that's why it's more noticeable. Like, why is there such a dominance, you know? That now that you know people aren't steroids like they're used to, there's got to be something. Well, and I'll, and I'll go back to there was a thirty for thirty years ago about the the Auburn Alabama. It was called Roll Tie War Eagle, and. <laughs> You know, it's like um, the former Auburn coach Pat Dye used to, said in that, you know, in that 30 for 30, he's like, no program is lily white. <laughs> you know, if they yeah. if they wanted to go after every organization for something, they could probably bust every organization for something. It's just, you know, what, what are you going to do? And this is why Major League Baseball, that, this is why the last 20 years, 30 years, the NFL – Major League Baseball is not America's pastime anymore. It's the NFL. I mean, Major League Baseball has lost that moniker. So it just it just seems like the steroid era, now we're into the analytics, the cheating, yeah. the this, the that. So, you know, but, and then one of the – and I'll be yep. honest, Ryan, I, I don't, sorry, I don't want to cut you off here, but I'll, I was going to say, too, even the NFL has gotten a lot of slack in the last couple of years. People are getting pissed off with the refereeing and some of the calls that are made. And like, You can't touch the, anybody the in the NFL anymore. It's yeah, turning into flag. It, I do, let's get Bill Romanowski out there just taking heads off. <laughs> well, with the yeah. NFL, they have sissified the game. You know I mean, that, yeah. that's what it boils down to, so. No, I mean even basketball. I mean, I, I mean, I'm almost forty. So my favorite NBA player was Dennis Rodman. You know, not just because how colorful he was as a grade schooler to yep. see him in, you know, uh, with the Chicago Bulls, and even before that when he was with the Spurs when he started to kind of come into this colorfulness. But the way his his toughness was, I mean, it's it just it was a different game. It was. Like, scores weren't over 100. If you scored 100 points, you were guaranteed to win. Now, if you score 100 points, you probably lose because it's the other team probably scored 127. It's just like right. every sport, uh, hockey, there's still, it's even turned into more of a, a finesse. It's just like everything's getting away from, you know, the tough guys out there leaning into it. It's just everything is just a little soft. You sneeze, you, you know, there, there's a, a, you know, a flag or a penalty. It's just it's 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 terrible anymore. It's 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 embarrassing to watch it, and it slows the games down because there's just constant yeah. penalties, flags, foul shots. Now look in in Philadelphia, it's great because if you miss two free throws in the second half of a Sixers game as an opposing team, you used to get a free frosty. Now you get free nuggets from Chick Fil A. So I mean, it, it's it's good when Ben Simmons comes <laughs> to town when he misses all those free throws. We're all going to be full the next day. Of chicken nuggets from, uh, you know, from Chick Fil A. You know, and I'll I'll say this just like I posted this on Twitter about maybe I don't know a month ago. You know, and Dylan follows Major League Baseball much more than I do, but when Aaron Judge was going for the record, why didn't it come up about possible PED use? It came up with McGuire and Sosa. You know what I mean? It came up with Barry Bonds, but what makes Aaron Judge so different? that it's it's not even being talked about. Well, it, I guess he doesn't have muscles because... coming out of his skull like some of those other guys. Yeah. Like, their fingers had muscles. You know, Aaron Judge, I guess he's kind of long and, and leaner. But, I mean, he's what, 6'6", six, 6'7"? Six, six, what, Fernando Tatis Jr. got busted? He's he's not that big of a guy. Yeah, he said he so, had a bad haircut and he had like ringworms, so he had to use steroids. I, I don't I don't understand yeah, that excuse. Sort of like that had it in it or something. 
It could have, I don't know, it, it could have been, but before I end up uh, rolling the tape here with Ed yesterday, he took the timeout to end up speaking to me about the, uh, as far as game one and then uh, what we expect out of the Eagle Steelers game. Here's what Alvarado had to say as far as with his hands, as Ryan was talking about him grabbing his dreads. Uh, obviously, there will be, the question was asked first. You guys will hear in Spanish, and then his translator had translated for him. So just hang in there, and if uh, you speak Spanish, well, there's a bonus. He's not bothered by anything. He thinks everything's fine. The umpires check you. But could you respond to some of the people who are saying, oh, look at this, look at that? Uh, yeah, I think like nobody should think of it as anything like in the wrong way. I do it out in the open. But again, those are just all things and tendencies that I do throughout do it throughout the game. Maybe distract the hitter a little bit from what I'm doing. Like maybe look at me about the different things and nothing about the pitch that I'm going to throw. And I think I've been doing it all season. Just again, just tendencies like the Dominican things that we do just to be able to stay loose and so let me switch things back here. Give me a second. Uh, so the one thing that was brought over there, and as he talked about, it, he said that obviously the in the Dominican Republic, according to what the pitcher was stating there, that they do everything. They put it out in the open. They uh, they you know between the hands, between touching the hair, the hat, the whole nine yards. That's what he talked about. It's not like he was hiding it. But again, when you look at it on the tape, as we all saw it. You know, again, grabbing a lot of dreads, we saw that. We Under his glove, under the heel, you can see him rubbing his fingers a whole bunch. And then when you notice on in between, as the umpire is supposed to check him 90% of the times, and, and they're trying to get better footage from this, the umps have been used to rubbing the fingers together to make sure that obviously there's not there. If you look a lot in the game last night, the underside of his hand was basically touched, never the top side of his hand. And on another time when he was walking off the mound, as he was walking down the World Series logo, you can see him constantly rubbing his hand on his jersey. You see him running on his pants leg even before he was checked. So say what you want to say, but again, it filled with controversy because if there's nothing there, just like what was it last year during the World Series when a particular pitcher had put his hand on his chest, we saw the jersey coming away with his fingers. Why? Because there was a sticky substance on his hand. So say what you want, but it, you know, here it comes again the controversy when it comes to the Astros. So we're going to hope and see what's going to happen in game three because we've also never seen where a pitcher was able to switch his glove out. We know they can't wear a glove that's going to distract the player. So like anything white, orange, anything to that nature, you cannot wear to distract the player. But he changed gloves. He changed spikes. I don't understand how that happens because according to Major League Baseball rules, once you are pretty much like the NFL police, once you are told... Is that what you're going to wear? Yes. And you get basically just like a regular check mark, and they'll say, okay, here you go. Rip off the paper. That's it. That's what you guys are wearing. He was able to change his spikes, and he was able to change his gloves. So a lot of that stuff I don't understand. I'm trying to get more and more clarification from there. Supposedly it's an unwritten rule, but again, Major League Baseball, you never know. It's like the NFL. It's whatever they decide in that moment. So don't know exactly how you guys feel about it as far as like what he had stated. Again, he had stated he left it out in the open. He wasn't hiding anything. But again, there's going to be a lot of questions raised between here and tomorrow night. I'll say yeah. this, Angel. When you let up three doubles to start the game, I don't care how much the other team is cheating. I mean, you're just – was it a World Series record? I mean, yeah. you're putting yourself yeah. in a hole to begin with. So if you're putting yourselves in a hole to begin with, I know, and I hate to say it, you know, but you look for things that maybe the other team is doing to cheat. But if you put yourself in a hole, you're already starting from behind the gate. And that right. seems to be now the other day they came back, but you can't make a living as the comeback kids because it's it's just not going to happen against teams that are dominant. And if it's teams that are trying to find an edge, it's not going to happen either on those teams.
but you, you cannot have these slow starts. And I, I actually was expecting a lot more dominance out of Wheeler. And it just, it just looked like he couldn't locate. I, I don't know. It just, it just was, it was upsetting to, to watch and to listen, especially when you put yourself in holes like that. I don't care how much the other team is cheating. You cannot afford to put yourself in a hole. Correct. Yeah. You're going to see. We're going to see what's going to happen back in Philly tomorrow night. Everybody knows it's going to be those who got to get up early, like a bunch of us at Odark 30. It's going to, it's going to suck it away, but it's also going to be good too because you must go ahead and dry up them tears and whatever else. When you go to work, just lean up against whatever you're working on because it's going to be it's going to be long. It's going to be fun. I don't mind it because I usually sleep four hours a night anyway, so it doesn't bother me, but it's going to be interesting to see. But here is my conversation with Ed Kratz. Again, thanks to Ed for coming on with me yesterday as we talked about game one and obviously the upcoming game today, Eagles versus the Steelers. All right, so we got a few minutes here with our great friend Ed Kratz. Ed, first of all, you know that last night we were going back and forth. I think both of us had between a heart attack, a stroke, and you name it. It was absolutely insane. And who would have thought, as far as we wanted to, for the Phillies to be able to take game one and they were able to do so. So, uh, first of all, thanks for taking the time out for, for coming on with me as we're getting ready, not only for, obviously, game two, but fast forward for tomorrow as well, which will be played on the same day for Eagles pregame action versus Steelers. But, man, oh, man, what a game one. It was great going back and forth with you, Angel. It really was. I mean, I I, I wasn't kidding when I said I wish I had a defibrillator machine nearby because I really <laughs> thought I – I was going to have a heart attack two or three times with the way that game was going. So uh, it was a lot of fun to be able to, uh, you know, share some thoughts and hear your thoughts about the game while it was going on. The only thing that, as we talked about last night, and I'm pretty sure it's going to be probably the same thing tonight. It'll be just the, the motions going through as far as a bullpen. We know that Aaron Nola got roughed up by Kyle Tucker. I mean, it was, and who saw that? I mean, Kyle, apparently, I know he, he wasn't doing too bad during the series, but no one expected for that to happen. And then we talked about it as far as we don't want to see it again for a third time around. So back-to-back home runs when he comes up to bat. Obviously, it was a, a, a tough outing on that one. Phillies go down early 5 nothing. And before, as I've told my producer, and, and she said she had a feeling that, you know, maybe down 5 nothing, it, it was going to be tough for the Phillies. I thought, personally, for before, I would say that, you know, just count us out. It was just There was no comeback. But how resilient this team has been throughout the entire playoff run. I, I wasn't worried about it. As long as we can edge together some runs throughout the innings and finally be there in the later innings, the only thing that I was scared about, as I said to you, was the eighth inning seems to be where the Astros usually light things up. And we see how it with the Yankee series and, and the series before then. And so with, uh, with the Mariners. So I think this has been probably one of the most dramatic series that we've ever been, you know, a part of and, and having fun along. So, but I just, I, I don't know if could, could we possibly go through the same feelings that we did last night without having another heart attack? <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I hope so. You know, I, I'm too, I'm not ready to go yet. I want to see how this thing turns out, but, um, and, and I think, you know, we were talking about this a little bit uh, earlier, uh, how at least with the Super Bowl or, you know, the one game winner take all thing. You only have to sweat for like three or four hours. Yeah. You know, these seven game series, man, they're a grind. It's it's night after night after night. And I just don't know how much of it I can take, to be honest. So, it, uh, you know, that's the one downside to it. But, man, it, it's fun. It's entertaining. Um, you know, nothing better than sports and, the, you know, the you know, the drama that's involved. And they're already calling that the best game one of, of all the World Series ever played. I mean, just for the excitement value. Um, the way the pitching really settled in, the bullpens were just going back and forth, out for out. You know, it was the starters that gave up all those runs. And um, I, I got to be honest, Angel, I was a little bit down on the fact that they got down 5 nothing. I'm thinking, boy, that's that's it. You know, I'm thinking, all right, I'm going to turn on my favorite Netflix show now, watch Settling with My Wife, and I don't want to watch The Carnage. Uh, but I gave it another couple innings, and I'm glad I did. Uh, I just thought the way Justin Verlander had – you know, control of that game in the first three innings. Perfect. I'm like, boy, it's going to be so hard for the Phillies to come back, but shame on me for doubting. I won't do it again. I promise. Um, 
but I don't know if I can take another night like last night. I really don't. I, I, I just hope there's a little more separation one way or the other, just so I can, you know, I don't have to sweat and, you know, take my pulse and all that other stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Well, don't worry, because, see, if you would have tuned away, I would have kept you informed as far as what was happening. Because, again, it was, I mean, it was obviously fun, a lot of fun going back and forth with you last night. But it's just, it's just a range of emotions. I mean, Alec Baum for what he's done in the series, obviously turning that final out that we needed was huge because you don't know what Roberts going to end up doing. Robertson was, I mean, he is, I guess he's the, the rebirth of Mitch Williams, hopefully without the Joe Carter home run, but he's definitely the rebirth of Mitch Williams because he, he, he wants to look so determined and focused, which he did kind of last night, but you start getting the game five feels for the NLCS because like, are we going to see another Dominguez outing where we're going to walk in two runs and here we are facing adversity all over again. But thankfully he was able to put it together. But JT, you talk about stepping up at the right time for JT. It, it's just, it's amazing to me what he did. And for those who missed it, here's a recap. What JT did to kindly say, man, could we get it done until the bottom of the 10th? But here's JT at the top of the 10th inning. JT waiting on the 3-2. Garcia steps, kicks, and deals. And it's swung on, hit well to right. Going back on it, Tucker to the track, at the wall. He jumps, it's gone! Yeah. Yeah. JT with an opposite field home run just out of the reach of a leaping Kyle Tucker. And the Phillies take the lead here in the top of the 10th inning. 6-5, Phillies on top. Now I end up doing after that one, as we're sitting in, in Studio B there, I, I jumped up from the couch, and I look over at producer, and the words, F yeah, came flat out of my mouth with a fist pump in the air, because it was just, it's those range of emotions that you go through, and JT, I mean, it, it looked like it was going to carry over enough, but also looked like it was just going to come up falling short, so, wow, how about that monstrous home run at 10th? Well, I mean, it was just part of the theme to that game. Nothing was easy about it, you know, if you're a Phillies fan. And, and that homer, I thought, oh, my goodness. I saw Kyle Tucker leap up at the wall, and I thought for a second, I thought, did, did he catch that? I mean, And then I saw the ball hit and then bounce back, and I'm like, oh, my. I couldn't believe it. I jumped up. I fell over. I just, you know, was rolling on the floor like a lunatic. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> at 12.45 in the morning, right? I mean, it was, it was a long, uh -huh. late game. So, uh, you know, and then you watch all the post, you know, as much post game stuff as you can. But what a, what a hit, you know, and, and good for JT. I mean, he caught a lot of grief, remember, when he didn't go to Toronto. He wasn't vaccinated. Yeah. And he said, you know, I'll pay, you know, oh, it's only a $250,000 fine. I don't remember the details, but he caught a lot of uh, you know, a lot of grief for, you know, saying, you know, he's, he doesn't care about the money. And it was, you know, to him, it's not a lot of money. But, you know, he's the best catcher in baseball. Let's face it. there There's nobody better. Even that throw on the stolen base where the Phillies challenged. I mean, it shouldn't even have been that close on, on Jose Altuve's steal in the eighth inning, I think it was. or, mm -hmm. or the I mean, and he made that so close that it was hard to see if the guy was out or safe, and they eventually called him safe, but he could have been called out there too. That was just a great throw. So, you know, he not only hits, he throws, he controls that running game of any team that the Phillies play against, and uh, and then he, and then he steals bases too. He's a very good base runner. So, I mean, I don't know another catcher in the in the in baseball that is as good as he is, to be honest. I don't think so either. And I think one of the other things too that we noticed, obviously, with Brandon Marsh when he took the step back and then finally made the late run, which ended up taking a you know a two base blooper there in, in the center field. But then turn around and you have as as I sent you the message. We, if everybody remembers, obviously, with Nick Foles, everybody started calling Big D Foles uh, during a playoff run because of of what he was doing. And then I sent you the message, and the new Nick ended up taking over. Only because, you know, that was probably the biggest play of his career. I mean, for Nick Castellanos, for what he did, I mean, you're talking about saving a game. Saving what, what could have easily turned around for Houston to thankfully pull that off. But it, it, it came, again, it came with just the aggravation of knowing that it was either going to be Hand or Robinson, as we talked about. Robinson comes up, and then this happens here at the bottom of the 10th inning. A.T. waiting on the 3-2. Garcia steps, kicks, and deals. Robertson kicks the 3-1 pitch. Breaking ball grounded to third. Sosa gloves it, sets his feet, fires across, yes! and he got him! And the Phillies take game one on the road in Houston. 
A 6-5 extra inning win as David Robertson gets the save after walking the tightrope in the tent. That was that was another one. I I that was a big relief. The huge relief because you didn't know exactly what to expect. But you know, I, I know some of the guys during the series not, you know, doing so well. Alec Bohm, obviously, Mace is not doing that well. Um, Segura, we would hope for a clutch hit last night. I think it, 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 it may happen tonight. Who knows? I mean, the Astros could open this up tonight for all we know. All I hope is for the guys who've been kind of, you know, betting average not too well to be able to exceed. And in the hopes of, as I said, it, the Phillies should have taken game one, which they did. Now we're going to game two. This now, if the Phillies were able to pull another miracle off tonight, that they can pull off game two. I mean, you can make a mental mistake for the three home games, but we hope that even if they lose game two, you got three chances of putting away. And right now we've done it with the NLDS, the NLCS, and man, would it be great for the World Series. Boy, that, that would just be terrific not to have to go back to Houston. Um, and I'll be in Houston, of course. I'm leaving Wednesday for the game Thursday when the Eagles play the Texans. But, um, you know, Angel, when you look at that play Sosa made there, um, what a what a good very underrated play because you had the base runner coming at him he could have been tempted to just instead of throw the ball to first like maybe try to tag the runner and then the runner probably would start running back to second or, or you know he would have been in a rundown and then you're throwing the ball back and forth and you hope you can make a play I mean but he just took the easy play and for a second it looked like he might try to tag the guy and I and I'm thinking no 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 throw it to first and that's what he did and you know it would have been so easy for him to just try to tag the guy. And then that opens up a whole can of worms, possibly if he gets caught in a rundown and the, somebody drops the ball. Next thing you know, the game is tied and the guy's on third base. But, you know, he looked the easy play to first. And, you know, kudos to him uh, just for a good heads up defensive play there. And I'm sure Bohm would have done the same thing. I mean, he made mm -hmm. a couple of nice plays in that game as well. Um, but, you know, good good job by Sosa to take the right base to, to throw the game or to throw the guy out and, and seal that game. Yeah, I think so as well. I mean, again, it's going to be man, it, it's going to be so interesting. I'm pretty sure we're going back and forth again uh, during the game. And it's just going to be beyond interesting of what's going to happen here. And, and thankfully, the way the schedule fell as well, obviously two games for the Phillies. Then you have the Eagles, three games for the Phillies. Here comes another Eagles game in Houston. And then, you know. Game six and seven, so this was interesting. And by the way, before I get your prediction, too, from the Eagles, I want everybody to know that this hat, by the way, was gifted by Ed <laughs> about halfway through the season. He told me, just make sure you continue to wear it so we can be there in the postseason. So, uh, Ed, thanks for the hat, because uh, <laughs> without this, maybe it would be a whole different story. But uh, with the final minute here, uh, Eagles obviously playing the Steelers. Is not you know the, the Battle of Pennsylvania doesn't happen too far often. But uh, what are your predictions? What do you believe is going to happen here? Eagles could possibly be looking to going seven zero. Yeah, they could be. I mean, listen, I'm gonna I'm interested to see how this bye week affects them. You know, they sat around for the week off last week, listening to how great they are, six and zero, undefeated, this and that. Uh, but I but I believe in the leadership of this team, Angel guys like Kelsey and and Graham and Cox and. Uh, Johnson. I mean, I think they'll have these guys kind of ready to go. And Jalen Hurts, too. I mean, you know, he gets a little undersold on the leadership part, but what a great leader he is. So, you know, I think the Eagles will be ready for the Steelers. And when you look at it on paper, you know, this looks like a tailor-made game for this defense. You're, you're playing against rookie Kenny Pickett, seven interceptions that he's thrown this year. Eagles have nine interceptions. They lead the NFL with 14 takeaways, plus 12 in the takeaway giveaway categories, far and away the best in the NFL. Second best team is only plus four. So, you know, you look at that, and if they can shut down the run against Najee Harris, uh, who, who showed a little life last week against the Dolphins, but if he, you know, if you can shut him down and make Pickett try to beat, I think you're playing right into the Eagles' hands here. Um, so I, yeah, I think the Eagles are going to win this game, get the seven and zero, and then we'll see what happens four days later. Uh, you know, Angel, I don't think they're going to go seventeen and zero. Um, no, they're going to lose somewhere. And you know, I talked to Larry Zonka on a Zoom call before they honored the uh, the Dolphins' nineteen seventy two undefeated team, and I asked him, or he was asked, I didn't ask him. Someone asked him who. Who do you think has the best chance of beating the Eagles? And his answer was very good. He said it's probably going to be a team that nobody expects because the, the parity in the NFL is so good right now. When you look at it, they, the Eagles have been the last undefeated team since like only week three. I mean, everybody had had a loss so early in the season, and Zonka said that. So he said it was, it's going to be a team that nobody expects. And the Steelers – 
they could be that team because of their tradition, their history. Mike Tomlin has never had a losing season in 15 years. They're sitting at two and five, which ironically was the Eagles' record last year. And the Eagles turned it around, went nine and eight, got into the playoffs. So if the Steelers want to turn this thing around, they know it has to start right now. Otherwise, you're looking at a lost season. So I think it's going to be a tough game. Uh, start to finish. But I think the Eagles are just a better team, better roster, and I think they're going to find a way to win this game. Uh, I know it's like a big spread, I think 10 points, nine and a half points, but I, you know, I'm not sure the Eagles will cover that. Um, you know, I think it'll be kind of a lower scoring game, maybe somewhere along the lines, like 23 to 13, something like that. And I guess that yeah. does cover the spread, but that, that would be my pick. Eagles 23, Steelers 13. Yeah, I don't think you're going to have a, an amazing blowout game. If anything, it'd be it'd probably about 21-17, so we're just about right right where we need to be as far as with the team itself. But I'm hoping so. Jalen Hurts, and as you said, it, it's you know they've been off for a week. Uh, a lot of talk and everything else. We see the NFC East is obviously becoming back to beast mode, minus the commanders for the moment. Because who knows if Ron Rivera can get things turned around down here in D.C. Carson Wentz, once again, will probably end up being benched. Who knows what's going to happen? So it's going to be, it should be a good solid game tomorrow for the Eagles and the Steelers. So we'll see how it ends up panning out. But Ed, great friend of the show. Thank you so much again for taking some time out here to talk to me. And uh, well, let's go, Phils. Go, Phils. All right, so we got, and again, thanks to Ed Kratz coming on with me yesterday. That was a really good conversation, and we went back and forth again last night. Obviously, not as crazy. Matt and I went back and forth last night as well, so a uh, bunch of conversations going on last night, and uh, not as hype as we were doing, Matt. And first of all, game one, which obviously I think we were both on respirators, and then, you know, yesterday being what it was, and we didn't expect, once again, the Phillies to be able to take two games in Houston, but it did take game one. We know what's going to be filled here with game two, you know, talk, and then obviously in the game three, we'll see what happens as far as the other stuff that the Astros want to bring up. But nevertheless, the Eagles obviously played the Steelers today, looking to go 7-0, and but for right now, again, as Nick likes to say, they'll go 1-0 because we hope that the Steelers, or excuse me, pardon me, that the Eagles... And the Steelers, for the most part, because obviously you want both to play. But for the Steelers, for the Steelers to, I guess maybe turn things around for themselves, because we know they've been struggling. Uh, we know with Coach Tomlin, it, it's been not the best last maybe two to three seasons for the Steelers. But the Eagles right now, they're kind of finding their groove, they're finding their element, and it's good to see that from the squad because again. You, so far, everyone's remained healthy. We know that Brandon Graham, uh, he's got an issue with the hamstring right now. I don't believe he's ruled out for the game. Uh, Lane, can, Lane Johnson still with a concussion protocol. And uh, other than that, but, you know, Isaac Sayamalo with his ankle. But for, for this squad and the way things are going right now, we know the bye week sometimes can play well. Sometimes it can be bad. But uh, we'll see. It's going to be interesting to see what's going to happen here within the next 45 minutes. So at game time, or actually about the next 35 or, or 40 minutes before the game gets underway. But I'd like to, again, start out with you, Ryan. What are your expectations from this game today? Well, I'm going to throw out some stats for you. I mean, the Eagles are 13th overall in passing. They're 6th overall in rushing, 5th in yards per game, 4th overall in scoring, and defensively, they're 4th in yards per game, 5th against the pass, 12th against the run, 4th in points allowed. So you would think on paper that this should be a walkover. But right. Steelers are 2-5. and five. Their back's against the wall. They've gone to Kenny Pickett. This is a dog being backed into a corner right now. So, I mean, I agree with Ed. Um, do I think the Eagles will win this football game? Absolutely. Do I think it's going to be easy? No. I think the Eagles are in for a battle today um, just because really the, se the, the season's on the line for the Steelers right now. They really have to start get consistently winning football games. So I think the Philadelphia Eagles are in for a tussle. Uh, but I think overall they're just more talented than the, the Steelers are. So I, I can see like a 28-23, 28-21 sort of game. All right. Matt? You, you know, um, T.J. Watt is out, and I think that, that does bode good. But I think the Eagles secondary, they, they really – I mean, they, they, they feast on mistakes. 
these quarterbacks make. But the one thing that always scares me seems to be a trend this year is we get out to these early leads, and then the third quarter we let the other team come back, and then the fourth quarter maybe we kick a field goal. They have to find ways to come out at halftime with that same intensity that they started the games with. I mean, they're just not getting the points in the third and fourth quarter. They're really not getting anything in the third quarter. And they're getting minimal in the fourth. They have to score points to keep. I'm not afraid of this team. But I think when you start to get into more later in the season, I mean, other teams, especially NFC East teams, they're going to start to figure things out because you play them twice a year. They're going to say, okay, this is what this is how they're started. This is how we have to come out. I mean, these teams will start to see a blueprint unless you start to keep scoring points throughout the game. You can't, you know, again, it's just, it's disappointing to watch them come up these leads and then you get like these panic attacks. You're thinking, oh my God, the other team's coming back, coming back. And then the defense has to make a big, has a big interception or a fumble late, you know, that they recover. I just want them to see a complete first through fourth quarter game. I'm not worried about the Steelers. Do I think Thursday night could be a trap game? I do. I think that could be your trap game right there going down to Houston, a team that you should just blow, you know, blow through, and there might be your trap game. But we're not there yet, so let's talk about, you know, let's focus on today. Right. Dylan? Yeah, I think you got to wonder what the Eagles are going to be like. Um, and you, and you got to wonder I, – I shouldn't say that. I, I think you got to wonder what the Steelers are going to be like emotionally, especially coming off a loss against the Dolphins. You know, they traveled down to Miami, Sunday Night Football – and really, you know, they, they had a shot to beat the Dolphins last week, but they just didn't play well. They had a lot of opportunities that they missed on. And unfortunately, the Dolphins, you know, just had the, the lucky hand, if you will, last week. And, you know, the Steelers, they beat the Bucks, you know, a couple weeks ago. And obviously the Bucks are in a different situation than the Eagles are. Eagles are a top team right now in the NFL. I mean, it's going to be tough. And if you have Kenny Pickett going today, I mean, First time in Philly, he's going to have to face that Philly crowd. It's going to be a tough environment for him to play as a rookie. You know, he, he hasn't had much experience this season so far. He's only played a couple weeks of the NFL season. So it's definitely going to be interesting. I'm excited to see what Robert Quinn's going to do defensively. I don't know how much time he'll get playing with this team, but adding a guy like Robert Quinn is going to definitely solidify that defense, especially up front. That's going to be a scary defense to watch out for. I'm going to, I'm going to go with the Eagles here. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game coming out of the bye week, and I, I think the Eagles' defense is going to step up today. All right. Well, we talked about it beforehand, as, as everybody's wondering, too, what's going to happen tomorrow night with the Phillies, only because it being Halloween. Today uh, being the night before, which a lot of us growing up in Philadelphia was called Mischief Night, if those remember because I know they mm. like to use other names for it, but that's the way it was known in the Philly, Delaware Valley area. Uh, and interestingly enough, they asked the Eagles players, what would they wear for Halloween? What's my Halloween costume? Go ahead, Jordan. Go ahead. Boogie man, boogie man. I'm a football player. Me and my lady, we're going to be goddess. Well, she's going to be a goddess, and I'm going to be a guy. Ain't that what it's called? Something like that. His Halloween costume is his face because he's ugly. Michael Myers. I'm the young bull from Philly. I got two new security guys. Whoa, 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 whoa. Clyde and Dodo. He'll a mean. Vate Max, the mean. Spider-Man. My Halloween costume is going to be G-Ward. Welcome back. Because he's ugly. I need to scare some kids. I think it's probably the best I've seen the Eagles relax at this point as they keep making video after video. Of, of them just being as relaxed as possible. But I hope for the Eagles to come out strong today. Obviously, the offense needs to step up. We've seen it week in and week out. Jalen Hurts needs to have and continue to have that presence in the pocket before he decides to make a run for it out of the pocket. But for me, I think, as I said to Ed, I think 21-17 will be probably my prediction of score for today's game. And we'll see what happens here in just a few minutes. Ryan, what is your prediction, sir? Uh, like I said earlier, I I think I said I'm gonna I'm gonna say 28-23. Philadelphia, they win it. It's gonna be a battle all game long. It's gonna stay close. Um, I think the game will come down to whoever wins the turnover battle. It's gonna be 28-23 Eagles. All right, Matt. They stop the run. Should be 24-10. I just don't see how he's gonna pick apart this secondary that we have. Uh, and if we dial up some blitzes, I don't even know if they score 10 runs. 
Or 10, nope. 10, 10 points. 10 points. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I know where you were going with that one. And Dylan. Ooh, it's tough. I'm going to go, uh, I'll go 24 12. Weird score, I know. But, uh, I feel like the I feel like the Steelers are gonna have some problems today, especially late. I think it's gonna be competitive. You know, it's an in-state battle. You know, I think it'll be competitive, a little bit of a rivalry, if you will. I mean, not, I don't know, it's not a, a crazy rivalry, but you know, in-state battle, it's always gonna be you know a little bit of a a battle, if you will. So I think it'll be competitive early, but I think the Eagles will pull away late. All right, and by the way, as we end the show here, we like to thank once again our sponsors, Philly Sports Trips. Visit phillysportstrips.com, which all of our sponsors, you can visit right to our website, broadstsouth.com, broadstreetsouth.com. Google it, and you can find it. Also, we'd like to thank everyone who listens in overseas. And for the fans from Philly to the South, who's going to be out there at Tampa Joe's today, 9316 Anderson Road in beautiful Tampa, Florida. A hop, skip, and a jump from the airport. You guys can also visit them at tampajoes.com. Serious food, great fun. Tampa Joe's is a place to be. And also for Larry Gilman for the LG Direct Sales Solutions Studios right here in Tampa, Florida. If you guys need payment solutions for your credit card terminals and or apparel, please visit lgdirect.net now. At the end, normally I let Fuji go, but I will say this much, Dylan. You can take us out, and before I say that, don't you ever in your lifetime come across some goofy video that you did because that was absolute ridiculousness. But, Dylan, take us out. Well, guys, it was a great show. I just wanted to say that at first. Uh, also, by the way, you mentioned Larry Gilman. Uh, uh, my friend Larry. Yeah, that's inside. No, here. brother. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going to take it out only the best way that I can. Go Phillies. Go Birds. Not really. Go Bucks. But, and uh, go James. But that's where I'll finish all right. Thanks, Ellen. Thanks, everyone, for watching. We will see you all next week.